0: Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa, and this is our show for the week of November 5th, 2018. On this show today, park news from the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Hollywood Studios. Plus, Jim has stories about the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy and Jungle Cruise movies and rides. But first, on this week in Disney history, the Magic Kingdom Skyway serves its last guest in 1999, and Big Thunder Mountain has its official opening in the Magic Kingdom in 1980. If I bring in the star of our show, Mr. Jim Hill, we're on our way to the Jeopardy category, things that scared the hell out of Len's grandmother, Doris. Welcome to the show, Jim. How's it going? Really? Doris? didn't care, <laughs> care She would have for... loved you, Jim. She would have loved you. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, back in the day, I mean, Big Thunder was that combination of theming and thrills that was a groundbreaker, but I don't recall here because it scared all that many people. Epcot's Festival of the Arts, on the other hand, terrifies me, but that's another story.
0: <laughs> and, and speaking of that, Jim, uh, today Disney announced details of next January's Festival of the Arts with a schedule released for the entire event. A couple of notable things. It looks like the Broadway-style concerts are expanding to uh, seven days per week. So I think it was only five days a week now. It, uh, but this is Disney talent, Disney recording artists singing Disney songs. And of course, there's a dining package for uh, for guaranteed seating for these things as well. I didn't realize that this part of the event would be that popular. Jim, what's going on there?
1: It's classic Disney synergy. You bring performers in who've either appeared in Disney shows. In fact, the gentleman who starred as Tarzan in the Broadway version of this thing, it seems to come back every year. But at the same time, you you can get all of these folks, they're up on stage. They're talking about their wonderful experiences in Disney shows. And, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, there's there's Frozen in New York. And there's, you know, Aladdin is touring the country right, right. now.
0: Right. If you liked Beauty and the Beast on stage, you would love there we Disney's go. Frozen. Oh, okay.
1: In fact, looking at the schedule, there he is, Josh Strickland. I mean, uh, Josh these days pretty much shows up if Disney opens an envelope. <laughs> on the other hand, very cool. They got Gavin Lee, who was just on Broadway. He played Squidward in *SpongeBob the Musical*, but they created a costume for Gavin to wear where he appeared to have six legs. No, really? Yeah, it was it was great fun. But they've got great representation from all of the shows that have been on Broadway so far. Whether it's Adam Jacobs out of *Aladdin* or Steve Blanchard. Oh my God, Steve was in *Beauty and the Beast* as the Beast. I want to say for 15 years. A good portion of the run, he was the beast.
0: Wow. So he, he's not going to have to uh, learn any of the songs or anything, is what you're saying? <laughs>
1: well, one would hope. It's like a beauty and that, oh, it'll come to me. Hang on.
0: In addition to the, uh, the concert series, mm. it looks like there are going to be food options again. Shocker. 13 food booths plus more offerings all around Epcot. I looked at the menus from years past, Mm -hmm. which included things like the smoked salmon, the uh, almond cake with raspberry and chocolate, and the short ribs and things like that. The only thing that I saw that was new here was the beef wellington with mushroom bordelais, fennel cream, and roasted baby vegetables over at the artist table. So Jim, it looks like they're keeping the menu pretty much the same as as last time. That said, if you go back and look at our touringplans.com reader surveys, uh, all of these booths get above, well above 90% approval. I can understand them not uh, wanting to change anything uh, there. Any comments on the food?
1: Are they even bothering to pull the booths backstage anymore? Between the food component and flower and garden, and of course the food component and Food and wine and holidays around the world. I mean, it's just why even bother to get? Let's oh, forget it. Just leave it where it is.
0: Yeah, that was a. <laughs> you laugh when uh, when Laurel and I were walking around Food and Wine last month. We came up to the booth that is surrounded by uh, lava mm-hmm. briquettes, which is, I, I believe, Hawaii. I can't remember at the time. And the funny part of it was, is as we were walking by it, we were trying to figure out what cuisine or country that represented. And every every name that we mentioned was from one festival or another, <laughs> from, from from Epcot. Like, okay, if it's Food and Wine, this is Hawaii. But if it's you know if it's the Festival of the Arts, then it might be you know something Moana related, and if it's <laughs> or or something else, right? It's you can't tell from the booth what kind of food it's going to be from festival to festival.
1: If you've been watching the booths over the years, Disney has gotten that much more elaborate. They have learned that a booth that has an open kitchen that people can look in and see the mm-hmm. food being prepared does that much better than basically what looks like a garden shed.
0: Yeah. I'll give them credit. Yeah. The number one, the food booths are much more themed, right? Mm-hmm. The Greek ones of the blue and white mm-hmm. you know, architecture, the one that is encased in lava looks good. And you're right. The cooking is now done in front of you, not by the chef with their back to you in the back mm-hmm. of the booth. So it's stove forward is the, is the phrase I want to use, right? Yep. So it's more like a teppanyaki thing. Yeah, that's good. In terms of activities, I think I looked at the list of activities that WW Magic has presented. Everything looked relatively the same as last time. So mm-hmm. wall murals and stepping inside of artworks to take pictures, That Paint with a Disney artist program, a bunch of workshops, seminars, a bunch of artists coming in. Let's talk about their their work. Did, did you see anything new in the uh, in the list of things that were being offered in terms of entertainment?
1: I think the one thing that stands out is jumping this from uh, sort of an extendo weekend, you know, three days, four days, now to now seven days a week. Yeah, that seems to be the only big change, Len. <laughs> Just a few more days to get my hand in your wallet.
0: I think it's a it's a it's a low cost festival, uh, able to bring some people out to uh, to see it. Mm-hmm. Mostly locals. Also over at Epcot, uh, it looks like the Wreck It Ralph characters. Are coming to ImageWorks? Yeah, this really
1: has more to do with the fact that they have open real estate. This is not a Ralph and a Penelope are not getting ready to push the Dreamfinder and Figment out.
0: Right. This is really, that if you think about it, the ImageWorks part of the Imagination Pavilion, the the thing that you walk through when you're done with the Imagination Ride, that hasn't been significantly updated in, what, 10 years?
1: Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There have been discussions. In fact, they took a hard look at whether or not they could get something new, or at least this Future World Pavilion plus for Mm -hmm. the 50th anniversary. And in the end, the decision was like, that's not going to move the needle the way the Ratatouille no. ride is or the Guardians of the Galaxy ride is.
0: So No, there's not there's not a lot they can do in a post-ride scenario there where the dollars would be worth yeah. or, or the ROI they're going to get. The, I, walked, I walked through this recently and it was cutting edge maybe 15 years ago. Remember, most of that space is taken up by uh, computers that will allow you to take a picture of yourself mm-hmm. and then transform your facial features and then send an email of it to someone. Yeah, but we can all do that on our phone now with Instagram, and it's faster and it's easier to use. Yeah, so that's I, not really a, a thing anymore. But it's an no. interesting question, right? So, like, let's say it, it was at the time that particular thing was was five or ten years into the future. What is the thing that Disney puts in there that to show us what we'll be using or what we'll be doing, you know, in terms of entertainment or imagination ten years from now? Mm-hmm. I think that's a harder question to answer.
1: No, absolutely. You know, for example, the in-queue gaming, that they're going to be encouraging people to use their phones to to play against one another, and exactly the person who wins gets to step out of line and go straight into the the attraction. That's really the challenge right now with imagination, is like, Mm -hmm. how can we do something that isn't, by the time we get it built... Is it something they can already do better on their phone?
0: Right. What can we do now that we can't put in the game? Yeah. I think for that, it's not necessarily visual mm-hmm. things that they need to do. Anything that, anything that you can do visually you know, regarding taking pictures of yourself and adding crazy features to it, you can do that on your phone. I think one area that they might want to explore is audio and voice. So there are still things with voice that you can you can do in imagination that you can't do with your phone as easily. So getting it to respond to commands, even an Alexa-like service in Imagination would be interesting because it's difficult to do that on your phones at the park because of the noise background and stuff like that. So that's that's still interesting to a lot of people. That might be an idea there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Not only has technology progress faster, but uh, the things that you can do on your your phone in the uh, in lines is more than what uh, what Disney can can invent
1: right now. Anyway, yeah, we remain ever hopeful.
0: Yeah. There are ideas. They just take time and money.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't want imagination to become sort of the equivalent of Future World in Tomorrowland, where it's like <laughs> Disney is chasing, ever chasing the bleeding edge of what people can do with their phones or what actually happened in the future.
0: There's still a lot of stuff that they can do. Again, it's just going to take some persistence, but, mm-hmm. but definitely there. Speaking of uh, things that they can do over at the studios, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is coming late summer next year, and we heard this weekend that it's also coming to Disneyland. So WDWNT was the first to break it. We'd actually heard about this last week and we're told not to say anything about it. Yeah. But what's, what's driving that Jim, the play
1: testing for this attraction, the response has been so strong. The sense is it's going to be a hit right out of the box. Mm -hmm. Also when galaxy's edge opens at Disneyland park, they're going to need things that suck up additional people because of, you know, for the huge crowds are going to be surging into that park. So there are ideas on the table, but this is among the easiest to get up and going. The building that this will go into is already backstage. It's it's used as an entertainment office. They will just basically gut the building and load the attraction in.
0: Does that mean that the Team Disney offices on the Disneyland property are moving somewhere else? If it's already an occupied office building... Doesn't that indicate that uh, people are moving?
1: This is entertainment space. These are rehearsal Ah, halls. This is parade storage, costume storage. It's relatively easy to create new space for this. And once construction is completed of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, it's entirely possible to get another one of these large generic buildings up out of the ground. That's the thing people need to understand about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is that inside of the old great movie ride, and that was a giant barn of a structure, Yeah. but this is a mostly projection-driven attraction. It's also keying off of lots of set pieces that will transform in front of you. But again, it's what makes this amazing is watching a building shape change into a tree shape and, you know, right in Mm -hmm. front of you, that sort of thing. So... It's going to be an easier ride to pull off than, say, a Pirates to the Caribbean or a Haunted Mansion, even from the announcement, which I guess is being made officially at the D23 Expo that's being held at the Contemporary. I think that's when sure. the, the word is supposed to officially come down. This is still going to take two and three years to get up out of the ground out west.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when you were saying Galaxy's Edge is, uh, is opening in July, my, my sense is that that wasn't a long enough time frame for Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway (laughs) to come to Disneyland. So this will be like two years later.
1: Yeah. We're talking, what is it, 2021?
0: 2021 is going to be a big year for the uh, the parks. That it is. All right, Jim, uh, we're recording this on November 1st, and we heard yesterday on Halloween Mm -hmm. that Disney would start promoting its Christmas offerings and getting the parks and hotels decorated starting today. I know it takes a, a lot of time to get that done, Jim, but it seems like that's a few days, maybe a week earlier than in seasons past. Is anything driving that?
1: Yes, there are a lot of people who aren't necessarily speeding to Walt Disney World this year, largely because they're looking forward to going light speed in 2021 in Black Star oh. Outpost. Getting the holiday offerings into the parks this year faster is a crucial part of that. In fact, we'll be talking later in the show about some of the, the holiday offerings. But for example, do you remember the old believe in a holiday magic show that they did at at disneyland park that was the one they introduced snowing on main street and people in california lost their minds when they first saw that but that actually went into the parks in the fall of 2000 because so many people in california were holding back to going to disneyland because Disney's California Adventure was going to open in January 2001. Oh, really? Yeah. They deliberately put that into the parks to oh, you want to come to, you have to come to the parks. This is the only time of year it snows on Main Street. So, bringing the holidays to Disney World that much earlier is like, oh, you have to come. This is the only time you get to see the lights.
0: Yeah, definitely come in January when DC opens, but also come in December. (laughs) there we go. Over at the Magic Kingdom, there's a new upcharge event for uh, Tony's Town Square during uh, Christmas parties. It's called Tony's most merriest town square party. They're offering hors d'oeuvres, hot beverages, cold beverages. Basically, you can uh, walk in and eat whatever you want as many times as you want while you're in the park. The thing that strikes me about this is that it's an upcharge event inside an upcharge event. I realized that the movie Inception was a Warner Brothers film, but that's where this was Disney trying to do some sort of cross promotion thing. Like, yeah. are they gonna are they gonna offer you caviar for extra more even more money inside this? Yeah, when does it? sell?
1: Okay, but this also includes a reserve viewing area for Mickey's Once Upon, Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade. There aren't that many people at the parties. It's not that hard to get. I, to no, do. I I get that. When <laughs> did I mention the cannolis? Okay, you know, just sort of like all right. It's a ninety nine dollar upcharge, but bring a bag. And, and take home your weight in cannolis.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, so let me let's go over the offerings here. So Tony's Times Square is an Italian restaurant, but you get all you can eat as many times as you like. hors d'oeuvres including meat and cheese, meatballs, pizzas, uh, stuffed artichokes, pumpkin tartlets. I think that's definitely not Italian, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yule lugs, cannoli, Christmas cookies, cupcakes, beer, wine, mm-hmm. non-alcoholic beverages. It all looks fantastic. That's all. You're basically paying for like two or three dinners. Mm-hmm.
1: So what we're suggesting here is the Vegas plan that if you know if you, you lose <laughs> at the casino, but you try to kill them at the buffet, right? You know, so
0: exactly. So that's, uh, so it starts at nine thirty and goes until twelve thirty a.m., which is I mean three three hours of of eating. Mm-hmm. You know, this would be a better deal if it started like at at six. Because you really could get two meals in. You could basically get a dinner and then second dinner.
1: Yeah, I just...
0: I, I, I'm just throwing it out there, Disney. I know you're, I know you're listening. Uh, the food menu doesn't sound bad. I might do this.
1: I get it, but when you enter, especially these days, when, when they're clearing the park, I mean, face it, you can go in at what? Four, four. four o'clock, all right? And they send yeah. you up that walkway behind Main Street USA and, and, mm-hmm. and you're handed your cookie? You're already getting food with this, aren't there? Still, cookies yeah, but the, and hot chocolate I mean, vision? you're getting
0: you're getting snacks. I mean, these are meals, uh, right? Meatball, cannoli, pizzas—that's food, yeah, right? That's I, that's a dinner. I get that. Tony's Tony's has actually been improving in our reader ratings for the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. They um they got a new chef apparently.
1: Okay,
0: okay. I, I may have to try this out, Jim, and report back in the interest of science. Well, there and we research. go.
1: So, well, all right. We'll just bring Tupperware right. and bring me a, a hand tossed pizza, please.
0: <laughs> I'll send I'll send you one in the mail. It'll be my Christmas present to you. There we go. Also over at uh, Adventureland, again today, November 1st, it's a Wednesday, Jungle Cruise has returned to its Jingle Cruise roots for the holidays. This was a relatively quiet thing. I didn't see much of this mentioned in any of the Disney announcements. Nothing. But they did bring Jingle Cruise back. They did. Jingle Cruise debuted in
1: 2013. And when this was initially rolled out in 2013, it was at Disneyland Park and Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. In 2017, Mm -hmm. uh, the word came down that while it would come back to the Magic Kingdom, it wouldn't be brought back at Disneyland. What was said at that time was that, well, this is because we're going to be doing massive work on the Jungle Cruise to capitalize on the Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt movie, which just started shooting... This past summer, in fact, wrapped in September.
0: All right. And we're going to we're going to talk about this shortly, right? Yep, we are. But Jingle Cruise definitely in, in Walt Disney World, but maybe not in Disneyland this year.
1: They were so ridiculously quiet about this coming back to the Magic Kingdoms here. year. I mean, seriously.
0: I <laughs> had to ask someone to verify yeah, it. I mean, it was, it <laughs> yeah. was one of these yeah. things,
1: were, you know, in years previous, if you went, for example, to the Magic Kingdom page, you know, the Disney Parks and Resorts portal, <laughs> there was actually a sub menu that would say oh by the way you know we're going to be doing during certain times of the year jungle cruise becomes jingle cruise and and that's not even there now i have the uneasy feeling that this doesn't necessarily move the dial in in the way that say holiday wishes used to, or, or that sort of thing. Right.
0: But Jim, I understand you have news about the, how the Jungle Cruise movie and how the uh, the attraction are going to transform over the next couple of years, right? That I do. Let's take a quick commercial break. I will uh, go venerate my uh, poster of The Rock, Dwayne mm-hmm. Johnson, and we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Alright folks, we'll be right back. And we're back. All right, Jim, you've got uh, you've got some interesting news for us, uh, not only on uh, how the Jungle Cruise movie and attraction are are changing, but also you've got some interesting information on how Galaxy's Edge is going to work. And then you've got some other information about other Disney movies, right? Guardians of the Galaxy and the ride. Yeah, let's start with Galaxy's Edge. Okay.
1: this information comes from the folks who are planning the opening of the California version, the Black Spire Outpost for, for Disneyland Park. You have to remember the setup for that particular version of Galaxy's Edge is different sure. than the one at Disney's Hollywood Studios. There are actually three, as they call them, portals into the land. There is right. the one that's really the deepest farthest back in the park. That's uh, from Critter Country. You actually walk by the Hungry Bear restaurant. yeah, And then, of course, there's the one that's going to be located on Big Thunder Trail And then, sort of at the very top of the land, as you come past Pinocchio House, pretty much entering where Big Thunder Ranch used to be, the current plan is that if you're coming to the park to go into Galaxy's Edge during the first summer of Operation, which again is going to be 2019, you're going to have to queue up along Big Thunder Trail, because the only way in is going to be through the Big Thunder Portal. This will basically put you in the center of the Bazaar. If you want to go to the Battle to the First Order attraction, you're going to hang a left. If you want to get to the Millennium Falcon or or the Bazaar area, you're going to hang a right. As you're in line, you'll be handed a piece of paper that basically tells you that if you're looking to exit the land, you're either going to have to go down to Critter Country or up to Fantasyland, because they are not going to allow guests to enter and exit through the Big Thunder Portal. This is a entry-only portal, and the exits will be either to the South Dakota Country or to the North, to Fantasyland.
0: All right. So that confirms at least one thing that we had said—that there was going to be one way in and one way out, or at least one way, one way into uh, to Galaxy's Edge and Disneyland. Okay. We always thought it was going to be the Frontierland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead.
1: As I've been told that. Once Galaxy's Edge in Anaheim completes its first summer of operation, Disneyland will revisit the idea of allowing guests to enter and exit as they please through all three portals. I mean, people also need to be aware that this could change depending on how large the crowds are, how successful they are at getting people to queue up along Big Thunder Trail. The belief is that this is going to be the area that can hold the most bodies I guess they looked at having people enter through Critter Country, and it's like you're walking people past three of our biggest attractions.
0: Well, not only that, but the walkway is much more narrow than the uh, the walkway. Yeah, so it's okay for an exit; it's not great for an entrance. There you go.
1: And likewise, having people go up through Fantasyland—it's just getting them past the Dumbo ride.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. But Fantasyland is the heart of Disneyland. Again, it's it, it's a highly trafficked area. Yeah. You don't want you don't want to send people through mm-hmm. that.
1: So, this seems to be the default position for now. But again, I understand that th- this could change. On the other hand, for Disney Hollywood Studios, what they seem to have settled on it, nobody's going to be watching more closely. No one is more interested in what's happening in Disneyland than the folks. Than Disney World.
0: <laughs> I mean, we've, we're interested. They're invested. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there we go. Largely, this is on the back of traffic patterns at this park have changed significantly since the opening of Toy Story Land. In fact, Turing plans data bearing that outland,
0: or it is. Uh, Twisterland is is popular very very early in the morning. It does fall off in the afternoon. Okay, but I think the big thing that we're hearing from guests is the fact that you can't walk all the way through mm. it. Right, you have to go in and turn around. Yeah. It, number one, it causes confusion. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, people hate turning around and walking back. Mm-hmm. Backtracking is just is never good in a in a theme park unless you give people a reason for it. And in this case, the reason is is we haven't built out the rest of the park. It's not a great reason. I think if Disney has two choices, mm-hmm. well, Disney has really three choices, right, when it comes to Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land. They could allow people to enter Galaxy's Edge from both Toy Story Land and Grand Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could allow people in through Toy Story Land and out through Grand Avenue, or they could allow people in through Grand Avenue and out through Toy Story Land. I think the first two ideas are terrible mm-hmm. from a flow perspective. So the, I think the only, the only rational idea is to uh, let people go in through Grand Avenue. And then out through Toy Story Land. You'll be
1: pleased to hear that that's what they've kind of settled on at this point. Okay. In much the same way as getting people to queue up along Big Thunder Trail, the notion is that they'll do a switchback in that large open street area. One of the ideas that's being floated now is that if you show up and there's a two and three hour line just to getting entrance to Galaxy's Edge, there's
0: going to be <laughs> two or three hours. Jim, you're an optimist.
1: But go ahead. Well, no, there, there's going to be a <laughs> they're adorable your optimism two or three hours. <laughs> There's going to be a cast member standing there who's like, oh, well, I have uh, I have a fast pass for Star Tours, please.
0: Oh, really? Okay, so I hadn't heard that. Yeah. That is news. Okay. So basically, they're going to hand you front of the line tickets to somewhere else. All right. So that means, though, Jim, if they're going to, I'm guessing here, they're going to be fast passing uh, a lot of shows because shows have more capacity. They do. <laughs> All right. So, so Indiana Jones eight times a day. Here, kid, you're on stage of Beauty and the Beast in 15 minutes. <laughs> Here's your costume.
1: Congratulations. They're hoping that the Cars driving school attraction that's going into the Black Box Theater down on Sunset Boulevard, they're hoping that's that much more successful than you know the villain event and you know the other things they've tried out in that space because
0: right but but, that, but that's an elaborate meet and greet right i've been in that space that's they can't put an attraction in oh no, no no
1: but on the other hand the notion is we get you front of the line to go into the you know this meet and greet that sure. drives guests over to that
0: side of the park right yeah at least some of them right it doesn't have to be successful 100 percent of the time but if it's you know, even 10 percent, it's 10 percent less people in line
1: that seems to currently be the plan though What's really going to matter is a the number of people that show up, b do they actually fit in the Big Thunder Trail area or Grand Avenue, and there are other contingencies being mapped out. But hmm. anticipate if you know at least if you're going to Disney Hollywood Studios that you're going to have to be cutting through a crowd if you're trying to get to anything on on that side of the park, be it Star Tours or the Backlot Express or anything.
0: Yeah, in both Walt Disney World and in Disneyland, it makes sense to put the crowds where you're talking about because there's not a lot of other things there mm-hmm. right now. So in world, I mean, the only thing that you're going to block off with a huge crowd is Muppets yeah, and that's fine, right? If the crowd is, is big enough to block off Muppets, that's the sacrifice you make. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they could win the crowd that way, you know, wind the crowd appropriately in Disneyland. It's really, you might get some spillover into the sort of the back end of the big thunder mountain range. But if your alternatives are let's block off splash mountain, Haunted Mansion and Pirates, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna do that. Or you know, if you, your alternative in Disneyland is let's block off Fantasyland, which again you're not gonna do that. So these seem like the right choices. No, I agree. I agree. All right, Jim. Going back to a uh, Jungle Cruise, you've got some news about the movie and then uh, possible changes to the ride. Yeah,
1: they started shooting this movie earlier this summer. I want to say they started shooting in May of, of 2018, and. What happened while they were shooting, in fact, they they shot all the way to September 14th, is that in the middle of all that, word came down in the middle of July that James Gunn was being let go as a director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which already had locked in a release date. Mm -hmm. They were toggling back and forth. They couldn't quite decide whether or not they were going to go with what Guardians Volume 2 had had In 2017, that was the first week of May, or what the original Guardians had back in 2014, they opened in late July, early August. And so once James basically was fired, the project was put on hold, and now Disney was facing a hole in its release schedule. And they'd already slotted Jungle Cruise for October 19th of next year, October uh, 2019, and it's basically what they've they've had to do now is to f- sort of fill that gap in Disney's release schedule. Is they've pushed the jungle cruise out. Now it's opening July twenty-fourth, twenty twenty. Anybody who's who's looking at Disney pushing back that release date, thinking, Oh, that movie's in trouble and they gotta do work and that sort of thing is like, no. This mm-hmm. is literally trying to fill the gap. Where Guardians was located. Meanwhile, I, have you heard about these billboards that are have been purchased outside of Disneyland at a Long I four, where it's just basically in the Marvel Guardians type style. It's Sort of urging Disney to rehire James Gunn.
0: No, is this a so it's in uh, Disneyland in California and in Orlando?
1: Yeah, they bought you know billboards in both markets and you know. And it's, no, who 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 bought well, them? Well, I'm trying to find out because it's somebody who's got fairly deep pockets because these things go for four thousand dollars a pop. Literally, in both cases, the ship has sailed. James has already lined up his next job. He's writing and hopefully will be directing. Suicide Squad 2 for
0: Warner Brothers. This is... That's that's an interesting switch, isn't it?
1: Well, it, but actually when you think about it, it's really not all that hard to understand. I mean, if you look at the motley crew that, that made up Guardians of the Galaxy, to switch to Harlequin and Crocodile and Deadshot, a scuzzy band of customers who come together and form a, you know, a working unit that sort of kind of do good. Mm. I get <laughs> it, but We're still in kind of a tough spot, at least. I was was talking with a friend at Imagineering, and they're like, we are so much in the process now of redoing what we were going to do with the Guardians attraction for Epcot. Why? Take, for example, the character of Groot. Okay, the character of Groot, where we left him with the Avengers 3 and soon to be seen in Avengers 4, he's still a teenager. It wasn't until... Guardians Volume 3 that he was going to be back in adult form. And so all of the boards that they put together for the attraction feature Groot in adult form. And in fact, they were also going to bring the the Groot meet and greet character that's out in front of the attraction at Disney's California Adventure. That that well, we have an adult Groot in our attraction, so we can have the adult meet and greet. Uh, it's, it's another one of these sort of, you know, performers on stilts costumes. But it's, a, it's mm. sort of like, uh, you know, do we stick to where we leave him in the story? Or do we just age him up for the ride film? But, you know, they're in, in a bad spot because they have to now hire somebody to shoot on their own the ride footage that's going into this attraction. There is no guarantee right now that David Batista, there's no guarantee that Zoe Saldana or... Chris Pratt or that sort of thing are actually going to come back and play their characters. You know, they may, right? They may opt out of this just as a show of solidarity for James Gunn.
0: And that's that's not what Disney wants. No,
1: no. You know, especially for their giant new world's longest indoor roller coaster attraction. So that's been challenging. That project has been sort of knocked on its ear, but the imaginators are doing what they can to sort of right the ship. On the other hand, on the Jungle Cruise side of things, in a weird sort of way, this is the Jungle Cruise returning to its original roots. I mean, if you remember the original stories of the Jungle Cruise Attraction coming into Disneyland in 55, its jumping mm-hmm. off point was actually that Humphrey Bogart, Catherine Hepburn movie, The African Queen.
0: African Queen, right. And
1: that's very much what the relationship that Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson's character have in this movie. That they're going upriver to find this mysterious mm-hmm. tree that supposedly has life-giving properties. And this is also supposed to be the launch of a brand new franchise for the company. In fact, last year when they announced that Dwayne was getting on board and that Emily is the follow-up to working on Mary Poppins Returns, that this was by folks at the studio, they were hoping that this would be the film series that re- would replace Pirates of the Caribbean, because obviously Mr. Depp has it become kind of problematic to to put Johnny Depp in a movie these days. Just sure. ask the folks who are right now are trying to promote Fantastic Beasts 2. But now that Guardians has been placed on hold, what's fascinating is just last week news broke That Disney has hired the writers of Deadpool to come in and redo Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, the belief is that we're down a franchise because suddenly Guardians. You know, we we can't count on Guardians three or four or five. And trust me, there was a plan. Oh, I'm sure. Now it's all about bringing these guys in, and it's like, all right. So if we were doing uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and we were moving it beyond. Captain Jack Sparrow or we were limiting, you know, Depp's involvement in this, how would we do this? That's now come to the fore. But the, the other part of the story I know you, you love Len is that as they're prepping to, to change out these show scenes, for the Jungle Cruise at both Disneyland and Disney World, and, and by proxy, we're also looking at Tokyo and, and even Hong Kong, which their version of the Jungle Cruise actually goes around that park's equivalent of the Rivers of America. So what they're doing is, it's a, well, when was the last time we thought about doing this? And it's like, oh, yeah, 97 for George of the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> the Jungle I'm Cruise. serious, Linda you, you can actually Google Bob Rogers. Bob's a, an old Disney guy and, you know, went out and set up his own company. But back in 97, on the heels of the success of the Brendan Fraser movie, there was a plan to take the entire Jungle Cruise as we know it and parody all of these scenes. I mean, you know, for the notion of when you came to the sacred elephant bathing pool, you know, oh, you know, it's okay to take their pictures. They have their trunks on. Well, when you actually went into the scene, they would have had their trunks on. Giant Hawaiian print shirts and scrubbies and shower caps and all that. And so what they've done for this now somewhat serious Pirates of the Caribbean meets the African Queen version of the Jungle Cruise is They're taking all of the work that was done for the 97 redo that didn't go forward because in 1999, Disney made Tarzan. And the thinking was, well, if we put a parody Tarzan into the park, won't that undermine if we do a real meet and greet for for Tarzan? Right. So that idea never got built. but, But now on the back of all the work that Bob Rogers people did about identifying places where you could change out show scenes, where you could put in new stuff... They're using that as the template for the new Jungle Cruise, which now, because our release date has been pushed off to 2020, this wasn't the plan for Disney World's 50th anniversary. But it looks like we will see new show scenes keying off of the Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt movie showing up in the park for the 50th anniversary of Disney World and same summer at Disneyland, which we're talking 2021.
0: That's actually good to hear. Number one, it'll be a freshening up of the uh, the ride. Number two, that particular corner of Adventureland, if it pulls in more people to see that, it would help the rest of the park out, especially with a 50th anniversary crowds. So this, this totally makes sense, not only from a, you know, let's promote the franchise using as many arms of the Disney companies we can, but also from a logistics perspective to make the park experience better for everyone else. That's good. I can see that.
1: I agree. The one caveat here is, of course, it all depends on how... Jungle Cruise does, summer of 2020. Though, from Disney's point of view, the fact that Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, did so well for Sony this past Christmas.
0: Yeah, $400, $400 million, There right? you go.
1: And that's just the stateside account. You know, if you factor, International yeah. was close to three-quarters of a billion. And Sony is right now prepping Jumanji, well, I guess it would be Jumanji 3, because supposedly Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle is a loose sequel to the original. Right. But anyway, the folks at Sony are p- particularly breathing a sigh of relief over the fact that Disney pushed off their Jungle Cruise movie to the summer of 2020. Because the original plan, Len, was Jungle Cruise would have come out October 19th of 2019. And then I want to say that Jumanji 3 would have come out December 19th of 2019. And... Given what happened last year where, I guess, Rampage and Skyscraper 2, Dwayne came out very close to one another and ate each other's box office. So putting a bunch of months between two movies that feature Dwayne out in the jungle, probably a good idea.
0: Yeah, that's fine. But to to be fair, uh, neither of those previous movies looked particularly compelling. What was the one with the ape? That's rampage. That's rampage. I I was trying to figure out what kind of a movie that was when I saw the trailer for it. Like, is it a Dwayne Johnson gorilla buddy movie? Right? Like, is this lethal weapon, but with Dwayne Johnson and a gorilla? Mm -hmm. Is it? Is it an adventure movie? Is it a thriller? What? I I, I couldn't. I couldn't figure out what uh, what genre the movie was was going for there. And, And the the script looked tired. I mean, it didn't look didn't look interesting. The, uh, the skyscraper one, it, it looked formulaic as well. I mean, there's there a couple of interesting looking stunts there, but I wasn't going to sit for two hours to watch the stunts.
1: There were so many people eager to do business with Dwayne Johnson because...
0: Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: Let me tell you a quick story about his work in Moana. He just sort of introduced himself. Said, what do you need me to do? I am here to work this movie. I will do whatever you guys need me to promote this movie. And it's just sort of like from disney's and it was so refreshing because he was such an obvious active partner when they finally officially announced moana what they wanted to do to do it was to have him live from hawaii but be on good morning america and if you remember good morning america runs from seven in the morning to nine in the morning east coast time and yeah. Dwayne was like, not a problem. So he's up at 2 a.m. out in Hawaii. Two. You know, and not only that, but he's found, because he's a local, it's like, oh, I know guys who can twirl the tiki torches, you know, the fire. Of course. Because if you're Dwayne Johnson, of course you know people who can who can twirl fire sticks. Why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> The seven eight seven or eight o'clock hour on Good Morning America. He was live from Hawaii. He was Steve, Flairy. Good news. We're gonna be on TV. Yeah, but he was there, he did the segment, he he hyped the movie, you know, just it's so Disney loves working with Dwayne. If they yeah. had their choice, Who they'd shoehorn yeah. him into the Haunted Mansion movie. Maybe that's how they're going to bring pirates back. What happened to Captain Jack Sparrow? Well, he worked out a lot. <laughs> He's much buffer <laughs> exactly. than, than I recall.
0: <laughs> He's gone bald and worked out. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> go on, go on with this. All right, Jim, one last question, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, with these new show scenes that are coming into Jungle Cruise, how long of a, a refurbishment period do you think Disney's going to need to bring this in? Is this something where the ride's going to be down for a couple months? Is it going to be down for six months? Is it going to be down for a year? What are, you, what are you thinking here? Well,
1: realistically, remember the last time they did anything of size, and it, in this case we're talking when the Indiana Jones Adventure opened in 95, Jungle Cruise went down for the better part of a year, so they could okay. you know, retool for that and you know actually change the course of the river so there'd be more queue space. We'd probably be looking at the attraction going down in the fall of 2020 because again, they're going to wait till see the movie hits. I mean, all this stuff's going to be prepped, and they'll probably be talking. Oh, really?
0: Oh, so that's that's an interesting strategy because mm-hmm. if they did it the in the fall of 2019, yep. if they're if they're convinced the movie's a mm-hmm. hit, they could do it in the fall of 2019. And have the ride ready for when the movie debuts.
1: They could, they could, but I, I hate to say this, but the gentleman who was pushing for Disney adopting that strategy—that was John Lasseter, and John won't be okay. You know, John...
0: John. John won't be John won't be making that argument in any boardroom anytime soon. Is that what you're I, saying?
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: All right, fair enough. All right, well, it was an idea, but okay. So we, so we'll know, we'll know within a couple of months of, of July of 2020. Mm-hmm whether this is coming or not, because we'll know about the closures. Right? I'm
1: told that the imaginaries who've seen the storyboards, who've read the script are thrilled.
0: There's just so much, there's so much potential. There is, there is. Right. But
1: when I've talked with them, they're like, just understand that we're kind of taking the Pirates of the Caribbean approach. There will be a couple of things added. And then depending on how people respond and, you know, whether or not we see more you know, increased injuries.
0: Whether, interest. whether Dwayne Johnson wants to actually stand in the Jungle Cruise queue and scream as, as boats go by.
1: <laughs> you laugh, but, good but money for that, that. that. <laughs> was actually the end of Georgia the Jungle Cruise. That Where you have Trader Sam's right now as you made the turn to go back to the most dangerous part and to return to civilization, they were actually going to have George of the jungle, Ursula and a gentleman, in a gorilla costume literally standing along the shore, interacting with guests as they went by. So live actors in the jungle cruise. So
0: I think Dwayne Johnson should do this. Dwayne, if you're listening and I know you are just something to think about. I'm super excited about this, Jim. I think this is a great idea. I'm, I'm excited to see the movie. I'm excited to see the transformation of the ride. I think it all has tons of potential. Like I said, very, uh, very exciting. All right, Jim, thank you very much for uh, for all of that information. Like I said, very excited to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Folks, uh, I'm sure you're excited too. Take that ex- excitement and uh, post a review of the show and tell us what you'd like to hear next on either iTunes or Stitcher. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.